So when I graduated from college, I could not find a teaching job. I was offered one out in Pennsylvania. I had a decision to make. Do I start a life out in Pennsylvania or do I come back to Newburgh and, and, and try to stay patient to get that teaching job? I actually got a job working in corrections. I worked in, I worked in the uh, New York State Department of Corrections. I had jobs there in the summer while I was in undergraduate school and uh, that led me to get a full-time position as a recreation director, instructor, teacher. I was able to gauge and analyze and evaluate what they were doing. And to me, that's the hardest part of a football strength and conditioning program. A, your facility. B, can you coach it? You know, uh, how much time do you have? And you know, do you trust that the kids are going to be honest and do it properly? You know, because you can't. You can't coach 50 kids at the same time. Like you said, you're looking around. And so that, that's where I'm at. And we would have a dinner before every ball game. Um, but that was a big deal before the Kingston game because we would bring alumni back, invite them to get up and share stories and, and talk about you know, how meaningful that game is and that we must beat Kingston. The one thing we would do, you know, I don't know if you caught this on one of my podcasts, but, but um, you know, I actually got called into the superintendent's office more than once. Uh, to, to, if you caught that, you know, I, I would go out and paint up the building, you know, at, at four o'clock in the morning, you know, the day of the Kingston game to try to, you know, get everybody fired up, to get people to believe, look what Kingston did. They came down here and they graffitied our building and, uh, they caught me on camera one time. They were waiting for me, and uh, yeah, yeah, they they, they kind of they kind of uh, coach, you know, they, they slapped my hand a little bit, but uh, yeah, we would we would definitely try to get people fired up. Here we are, we're back, live to record for episode number 45 of your Iron Dread podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris Whitaker. Thanks for tuning in again this week. This week we have former Newburgh Free Academy head football coach C.T. Chatham in to talk with us a little bit about himself and his life and his different experiences. We talk a little training for football players at the high school level as he sees it um, and just some of the history between Kingston High School and Newburgh Free Academy. But before we get to Coach Chatham, I'd like to shout out two individuals that shared the podcast on social media this week. Shout out to Tom Feeney and Corey Juby. Thank you both for sharing the podcast on Facebook this week so all the listeners could, uh, in your area and your friends, 
could be exposed to the Iron Drip podcast and last week's episode with Kingston High School head football coach and my friend, Quentin Johnson. So remember, folks, if you are enjoying the show, please, 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 please share the podcast on your favorite social media platform. You can tag at Iron Dread Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter when you share it. Please do us that favor and help us to get our show out there. I make these shows for fun each week. The more people that can hear them and enjoy them, the better. So please uh, share your podcast, uh, your episodes of the podcast with your friends and you'll get your name shouted out right here on your favorite Iron Dread podcast. Uh, Also, remember, you can subscribe to us on any major podcast platform. Just search Iron Dread Podcast. And Apple users could leave a rating and review. We would appreciate all that as well as the show continues to grow. We are now on episode 45. uh, 45 episodes of the Iron Dread Podcast. We're going strong. We've got some great guests uh, coming up in future weeks. I look forward to sharing that with you all. So, folks... Without much further ado, we're going to jump right into it with Coach Chatham. This was a great one. I really enjoyed chatting with him. I want to wish Coach Chatham good luck on his upcoming surgery that will uh, happen after uh, this podcast airs. So, Coach, wish you the best. And as always, go Tigers. All right, here we are back live to record on the Iron Drip podcast. I'm sitting here chatting with Coach C.T. Chatham, uh, former head coach of Newburgh Free Academy in Newburgh, New York. Coach Chatham, welcome to the podcast. Chris, good morning. I'm very excited to be on with you. Uh, we just shared for uh, about 10 minutes. I got a million things to say to you, and, uh, and I'm excited about being on. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. It's uh, the 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 honor and privilege is mine uh, to have you on here, um, Coach Chatham, uh, head coach at Newburgh Free Academy. He was there for 23 years at Newburgh Free Academy as a coach. He played for Newburgh Free Academy. Uh, he finished with a 90 and 49 overall record in five Section Nine championships uh, while he was at Newburgh. Um, Coach Chatham, Newburgh Free Academy, arch rivals of my alma mater, the Kingston High School Tigers. Um, so it is cool because all those years ago, Coach Chatham, you were standing on the other side of the field when, when I was playing. So it's, it's again, really the, the honor and privilege is, is all mine to have you on here and talk with you. And hopefully, you know, you coming on will get my head coach, Coach Lachlan, to come on and finally do the show. Yeah, yeah, you know what, uh, Chris? Uh, there's there's a a warm feeling in my heart when when a you can look back at what I consider the greatest rivalry in the state of New York, uh, NFA versus Kingston, and, and look back and remember uh, just all the festivities that lead up to those ball games and. And, and there were, you know, back in the day when the game was played on Thanksgiving and, and, and just uh, just all the fond memories. And then fast forward to, to where I am today uh, at age 61. And, and I and I've had opportunities to reminisce about that and, and, and connect with 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 former players from Kingston like yourself and 
and uh, and and your your former teammate and and uh, great young man Quentin Johnson, who's now the head coach at at Kingston, and uh, your head coach Tommy Lagren, who, who's a good friend of mine. And uh, back in the day, we used to battle each other, and uh, yeah, I I've got many fond memories of that rivalry, Chris. Uh, it's it is like we we would tell people all the time you know when we when Quentin and I would go we went to Brockport and, and stayed in New York and you know we would tell people about Kingston Newburgh and everybody would have their rivalries and they'd say you know oh yeah we had this great rivalry between this school and it wasn't a Kingston Newburgh rivalry yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so, um, so coach, we kind of, I kind of introduced a little bit about yourself, um, but kind of how, uh, how, how did you get there? And, and I want to bring up to right from the start is coach Chatham has his own podcast, uh, that he's been doing and he talks a little, talks about a lot of this stuff. Uh, so just give him the, the short version coach. Cause I want him to go listen to your show to get your whole story, but kind of, how did you, um, you know, get to Newburgh and become the head coach and, and go through all that? Just a short version. Yeah. So, so I'm a, I'm a Newburger, uh, my whole life. Um, my, my dad was in the Navy in, uh, in Norfolk, Virginia. And, uh, but at, at a young age, we moved up, uh, to the Newburgh area. And, uh, I, I, uh, went to Newburgh city schools, uh, grew up, um, not having much. Um, my dad left when I was five years old and, uh, it's kind of, kind of a city of Newburgh kid. And, uh, and really, athletics is kind of what saved me. Um, you know, it was kind of a tough time back back in the uh, early '70s, and um, I was fortunate to have uh, some outstanding coaches who took me under their wing. and And football is probably the the thing that I would say that has directed my life. Um, my high school football teammates, my high school coaches, that experience. Uh, is probably what what guided me to to a life of uh, teaching and coaching, and the desire to come back to my hometown and give back to the young men that that are there. Uh, I mean, uh, I can I can most definitely um, feel those sentiments of the desire and want to come back and give back to the community that gave so much to you. So, I mean, that, that's what I think motivated, motivated me when I got into it is I wanted to come back to Kingston. So I, I feel that life didn't, uh, life didn't take me there uh, to be able to, to do what you've done at, in your hometown. But I, I'm, I, I full, wholeheartedly agree with you there and feel that. So you're a lifelong Newburgh uh, Free Academy uh, graduate. Right. Went away. East Stroudsburg University. Yeah. My undergrad was at East Stroudsburg. I got a bachelor of science in health and physical education. And um, I, I actually have a master's in criminal justice. So, you know, I don't want to get off the topic, but I know one of the things that, you know, that you shared with me earlier is that you got kind of uh, kind of sidetracked after college and trying to find your niche. I kind of got sidetracked as well before I was able to land a uh, 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 full-time life-changing position in Newburgh. So when I graduated from college, I could not find a teaching job. I was offered one out in Pennsylvania. I had a decision to make. Do I start a life out in Pennsylvania with a new wife 
new family or do I come back to Newburgh and, and, and try to stay patient to get that teaching job? I actually got a job working in corrections. I worked in, I worked in the uh, New York State Department of Corrections. I actually worked at Greenhaven Correctional Facility and Fishkill Correctional Facility. Um, I had jobs there in the summers while I was in undergraduate school. And uh, that led me to get full, a full-time position as a recreation director, instructor, teacher. And um, so, yeah, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of was my beginning. And then fortunately, um, I, I had an opportunity to come back to Newburgh in the fall of 1986. But uh, while I was in corrections, they actually, uh, they actually paid for my master's degree and I thought I was going to stay in corrections, to be honest with you. It's, um, and I heard you talk about that on your, on your podcast and immediately for me, right. The, the, again, the, the similarities between us, even though uh, very different time periods and whatnot, I was a, a finalist for a job at the Red Hook residential center. Okay the recreation okay. specialist job okay. and they, they offered me the job and I, I had to make, I made the decision at that point to not go that route that I wanted to work in public education then kept pursuing that. But as soon as, when you said that you worked in corrections on, on your podcast and I heard that, I said, wow, there, there is, there is a lot, a lot that you and I have in common uh, as our, our paths have, have gone through. So the, the correctional setting can, can be, you know, pretty tough. Um, when, when you were there, you also, you started coaching, correct? Yes. Um, and so, yeah, in, in terms of, uh, our connectedness, you know, with your podcast and, and, and your strength and conditioning coach, well, there's a couple things about that. Um, that, you know, yeah, the, the correctional setting was one where, my position as a, as a recreation program leader, and then I became a supervisor. So you're, you're, you're an intermediary uh, staff member, meaning you're, you're not security, you're not a corrections officer, and you're, you know, you're not an inmate. You know, you're there to facilitate, to, to give the inmate something positive, and um, kind of a, kind of an escape for them. And, um, so one of my duties, you know, in coaching, which, which you may not even even uh, uh, realize, is that I was the powerlifting coach. Wow. So, yeah. So in conjunction with all of my other duties, I led what we call the state team. So the state team was the best of the best. So we had state team in basketball. It was like the inmate all-star team, and they would play outside uh, basketball teams. They would come in, and we, they'd have games, and the inmates would come and watch, and it was like a big deal. We had we had um, state softball team, and, and, and we had many state teams where we would invite visitors in to compete. Well, we had the state powerlifting team, and we would get – local guys from local gyms to come in and we would compete. We'd have powerlifting meets. And something that, that I can say that not too many people know, but I am the 
coach of a national championship prison postal powerlifting team. So what does that mean? So, of course, your powerlifting team, the inmates, we can't get on a bus and go compete at the local YMCA. Mm -hmm. So what we, uh, what we got involved with was there was a national prison powerlifting meet where you would send your results in postal meet and they would look at all the results from from all the different competitors and all the prisons throughout the united states and in 1984 i believe it was fishkill correctional facility won the national championship and that's you know that's my claim to fame um but i had a lot of fun coaching those guys they were really into it um there, there, there was uh, a real commitment and a unity. There was a teamwork. And, um, and I learned a lot from that experience. And, uh, and I have a lot of stories about that, but I, I will, I, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's not something that, that everybody, um, you know, one, my, my motion light keeps going off here. Um, the, Every, not a lot of people in the, the phys ed and education setting have had that sort of experience. Right? When you go and you, and you work in that, that setting and then come to a, a high school, right? like it's, you know, you, you could take things as far as how to, how to you know, work people over, how to get people to follow a little bit, you know, because sometimes some of, some of those inmates could be some of the easiest people to get you to follow. In, in my in my opinion, could be some of the easiest people that you could get on board to follow you, or it might be some of the hardest that want to go against you every chance they get. So learning how to kind of get everybody together, get everybody on one page, and and do all that, I'm sure that was some valuable experience working with that that population group. Well, yeah, and and you know what, Chris, um, there, there's there's often a misunderstanding about you know about correctional facilities, inmates, um, you know, they're people just like you and me, uh, good people. A lot of them are quality people who made mistakes. A lot of them are victims of their environment, of their, of their situation. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, you know, there were times I could have gone the other way, uh, I made some mistakes. I was fortunate that that um, you know God must have been looking out for me. But but I firmly believe this that you know yeah there are some there are some people you know that that you know, to me I judge people by their heart you know and, and I believe I believe everyone basically has a good heart. I do believe some people are scarred. I do believe some people have issues. Um, you know, there's a lot of issues with, with addiction, with mental illness, but I will say this, um, my experience in the prison and, 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 and my ability to have a, a great experience, a, a good relationship with inmates was simply that I didn't judge anyone. I took, I took each situation, each person, you know, I didn't look at them any differently. And, um, they knew, you know, that I, cared about them and that I was trying to help them. So it, it, it was, it was a great time in my life. I had a young family. Um, I would have probably stayed in corrections, but, but, 
but I believe that my destiny was to go and, and, and teach and coach back in Newburgh. Yeah. And I mean, I think you said it when it comes to getting any, any person to, to follow you is showing them that you care about them Absolutely. and you want, and you want what's best for them. I think that that's one of the biggest things, you know, we as coaches can do to help, uh, to help our, our athletes and our, our students is to, you know, first show them we care about them. You know, and in this environment right now where we're, you know, talking to kids and teaching a whole class on a computer, um, it's making it tough to build those relationships and really show those kids that you care about them. So. Absolutely. I, I don't, I don't, I don't envy anybody in this situation. Um, teacher, student, parent, it, it's a difficult time and God bless you guys trying to hold this together. Yeah, it's 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 been interesting. Now I know I was talking with all the guys at Kingston uh, the other day, and I think they have kids back at school this week. Okay. Is, New, is Newburgh the same? Do you okay, know? Okay, so what? Yeah, so what Newburgh has done, and you know, I stay in touch. I stay in touch with with, with uh, Billy Bianco. He's he's the head football coach now. Uh, outstanding young man. Uh, I actually live in Warwick, New York. I retired there uh, five years ago, but but Billy has has shared with me that uh, they they what they did was they they brought the ninth graders in on a voluntary basis. I think about a month or so ago. So they had about I don't even know the number, but maybe half of the ninth graders physically came into the building, while the rest of the high school population were, were learning remotely. And then I believe last week they brought the 10th graders in again on a voluntary basis. So some 10th graders chose to opt out. And so they're, they're trying to periodically bring in, you know, the next grade level. Now, I don't know about where you are in Michigan, but there's kind of an uptick going on here in the Hudson Valley of this, of this virus. So, Everybody's kind of on, on on eggshells, wondering, okay, are they going to shut it down? Because every day, you're, you know, they're talking about more cases. So, I'm not sure what's going to happen here, Chris. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty for sure. And I mean, with us, we don't we don't have kids back, but we've been playing football. Really? Uh, yeah, we we've been playing our fall sports. Um, we're actually going in this week is the the first week of the of the playoffs. So what what they've done, what they do here, which is different from New York, is the the state playoffs are not broken down by section like we would do in New York. There's there's regions and there's areas, but you make the playoffs if you get a certain um, number of wins. And then you get points for the teams that you beat. So the better the teams are that you beat, the more points that you get. And that's how they set seeding. Okay, I got you. I got um, you. How are you guys yeah. doing? Well, this year they had every team play six games and all the teams made the playoffs this year. Okay. So right now um, we are we, – we played our sixth game and we're sitting at um, four and two. Okay. Okay, we lost our opener to our rival, which oddly enough, Dexter High School is maroon, white, gold. Our arch rival, 10 minutes down the road, Chelsea High School, 
Blue and Vegas gold. No way. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yep. That's um, wild. Oh, wow. So, so I get a lot of mileage out of my Kingston stuff here still because it's the right colors. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> now, my, my team in North Carolina was blue and Vegas gold. No kidding. So I, I was, as soon as I went down there, I'm like, man, I'm wearing Newburgh colors. So. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. But so we're playing. Uh, the kids have to wear a mask when they don't have their helmet on. And when they have their helmet on, it has a, a plastic shield that goes across the bottom of the face mask. They call it a spit guard. Okay. They can take their mask down uh, with that. And we're, and we're going. We're playing. We got a home. We're hosting a home playoff game Friday night. And we're playing a team that we already played and we beat pretty convincingly. So as long as we go out and execute again. Awesome. You know, we yeah, should be doing it, it, I, I tell you what, it's really weird, Chris. It, 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 it's, 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 you know, there's no football here. Um, mm -hmm. There's football. It, it, where I'm at in Warwick, I'm 10 minutes from Jersey, the Jersey border. There's mm -hmm. football in Jersey. I'm 20 minutes to Port Jervis. On the other side of Port Jervis, as you know, is Matamoros, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So within a half an hour, I've got two other states playing football. But there's no football here in New York State. And it's the strangest thing. It really is uh, to have a fall without football. And, and I tell you what, it just, again, when you, when you don't have something, you really, you know, you really appreciate it more than ever. Yeah. It's, uh, we were, when we were facing with that, I'm like, how, how is this going to, how is this going to be? Right. It's a, my, my first, I thought it was going to be my first fall ever. Uh, where I wasn't involved in football, you know, yeah. as a player, you know, playing in, in high school, playing in college and then coaching, there was always, always football. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but the one thing I'm excited about is, you know, if, if New York is going to play in the spring that I'm hoping to be able to go back and watch a Kingston game, you know, cause when you coach, you're, you're right. not going to be able to yeah. Yeah. do that. So maybe, maybe Kingston Newburgh. Right. Um, yeah, well, I, I hope that they play. I hope that they play. We're going to keep our fingers crossed. Me too. I, I hope they do too. For the, you know, it's, you know, and you talk about it a lot on, on your show and, uh, you know, what, what football means to people. You know, why don't, you, why don't you, you, you kind of tell our listeners a little bit, like, what, what football, what does football and the game of football mean to C.T. Chatham? Yeah. You know what? I, I and and I, I touch upon this, and, and I really believe this. And I've had this conversation with, with young, some of the younger coaches, and, and just I've had it uh, over the years. And, and for me, and, and and this may sound awkward, but I, it, it's not about football for me in, in the sense of, you know, I I enjoy to I enjoy the X's and O's, I enjoy um, you know the strategy of it, but to me. Football is, 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 is just kind of a, um, it, it's an outlet. It, it, it's, it, it's a, it's a way to, to reach people. Um, so, and specifically for me, football was the way that I understood to go back and relate to the young men in my community because it, that was real for me. 
that was something that I experienced. Um, to me, football is, is is what we thirst for as human beings. We we need others. Um, I think we're finding out more and more during this COVID experience where we're alone more that we miss the relationships. We we miss the camaraderie. Uh, the camaraderie. To me, the biggest thing about not having the football is is the brotherhood is is the unity that you share with your teammates and coaches i miss those relationships i miss i miss the coaches sitting around the office talking about life yeah football x's and o's we want to win those type of things you know the jimmies and the joes to me um Football gives you a chance to bring your community together. It teaches life lessons. It validates your efforts. Um, the memories that football brings. If, if you if you ask any any young man that played football that viewed the world through the face mask, like yourself, like the thousands of young men, like the young men you're coaching now, if you ask them what was the greatest time in their life the most meaningful time in their life, the time in their life where the lessons that you taught them were not tainted. They were real. They were believed. They weren't scarred. Um, they will tell you that their high school football experience, not their college football experience, you know, if, if not the NFL, not Canadian football, not playing in Europe, the, the high school experience for most young men was the greatest time in their life. And, they built lifelong friendships and relationships, and it carried on their values that they taught their own children when they had their own family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 100% spot on. And I've said it, you know, before, and, you know, Quentin and I have, have talked about this, you know, on the show. Um, we follow, yes, we loved Brockport and we were Golden Eagles in college, but it's about what's going on in Kingston. Our high school experience with our guys that we grew up with, and as you said, that brotherhood and that connection. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something I, you know, being in another town, right, I'm, I'm having to, you know, I'm starting to get some years here. So I'm starting to see the kids you know, that have come in as eighth graders, you know, working their way up. Um, but, you know, yeah, I miss that. I miss, I miss that being in that, in that environment at, in my hometown where you, you know everybody and everybody gathers around, right? Friday nights at Deet Stadium, you know, Friday nights at Academy Field for yourself. Like it, it does, it does bring people together, you know, whether you're on the team or, you know, people coming to support, like, you know, in our town here, you know, this, this school went through a five year straight losing streak where they lost for five years straight. Um, our first year that our staff came in, we, we lost every game, but the community was still here to support it. Right. Right. So now we're starting to build, build here and, and gain some momentum. And like everybody, we got knocked back a little bit. But, you know, you said it, it, it's, it's relationships and it, it could be, you, we could pull football out too. And when it comes to relationships with people and plug in anything, right. you know, right. You know, I think when we gauge ourselves on that as educators and coaches, uh, we can always, we can always 
you know, be happy with what we what we did because we affected the lives of young people in a positive way. Yeah, and, and, and you know something, just, just quickly going back to, you know, um, the need for 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 man to 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 have relationships. I go back to the to the experience in the prison and I touch I, I talk about this in my podcast. You know a lot of these guys in the prison, they're gangbangers. They're, you know, they, they belong to gangs. Okay, so why are we in gangs? We're in gangs because we want to belong to something. Now, whether hopefully it's positive or is it something negative, but we want to belong to something. And that that's the brotherhood I talk about. And that's that's why, you know, that, that powerlifting team, you know, mm-hmm. that basketball team, that, that those teams were gangs. They were positive gangs. They, they brought us together. And, um, you know, and some people don't quite get that, especially in this time, this era where there's a lot of the me, 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 instead of we, 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 you know, some people don't, you know, quite get that. But if, if you believe in that and that mantra, you know, uh, team, everyone, you know, Everyone achieves together. Everyone achieves more. We not I, which I happen to be a be a real proponent of. Um, yes, I, I I totally understand. And for your community, um, you know, coming together, winning does create momentum. It, it creates a, a positive vibe. It, it creates a pride. You know, it makes the community proud. You know, Tiger pride. You know, uh, go back pride. And, um, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, ju- just something that came into my mind. You know, whenever we would get off the bus and come to Kingston, there were two things that, that I can never forget. And one was seeing Mr. Vince DeLuca mm-hmm. um, standing there with his Kingston jacket on and coming over and shaking hands. And just his his warmth and his recognition of the rivalry that, yes, we want Kingston to win that night. You know, Vince, I understand. But at the same time, we want everybody to be safe and we're grateful for the for the uh, rivalry. And it's a great thing that we're doing this. And and that, that brought communities together. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't want to belabor it, but, yeah, I feel strongly about that. Now, was there a time, um, and I and I know we never did it, but was there a time when you guys did a a dinner where Kingston guys, for some reason, this is coming into my brain that we heard stories about this, where Kingston players and Newburgh players the night before the game sat down and ate together. Was that something that ever happened? You know what? We we never did that. Um, as a matter of fact, we we always had a dinner. And we would have a dinner before every ball game. Um, but that was a big deal before the Kingston game because we mm-hmm. would bring alumni back and, 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 and invite them to get up and share stories and, and talk about, you know, how meaningful that game is and that we must beat Kingston. And um, the one thing we would do, you know, I don't know if you caught this on one of my podcasts, but, but, um, you know, I actually got called into the superintendent's office more than once. 
did, if you caught that, you know, I, I would yep. go out and paint up the building, you know, at, at four o'clock in the morning, you know, the day of the Kingston game to try to, you know, to get everybody fired up, to get people to believe, look what Kingston did. They came down here and they graffitied our building and uh, they caught me on camera one time. They were waiting for me. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they they, they kind of, they kind of, uh, coach you know they slapped my hand a little bit but uh yeah we would we would definitely try to get people fired up <laughs> yeah i did hear that and um i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you that there are a lot of similar things that happened in kingston <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but the other but the other way oh yeah uh, I, listen i would not expect anything anything <laughs> otherwise trust me <laughs> the the beat newberg dinner was something rick clausey started uh, oh, when yeah. he was that, when he was the head coach, and and that continued on. Um, Jeremy Collins brought that that tradition back when I was on his staff, right? And um, yeah, it's uh, and if I remember correctly, I think there was a go NFA spray painted on the side of the Kate Walton Fieldhouse one oh, year. Oh yeah, when I, when uh, I was playing. I, I, yeah, it had. I, I believe that for sure. Yeah, and I think I know who might have done it too. Yeah, <laughs> I think we both know. Uh, but yeah, coach, it's uh, the the stuff that we could we could talk for hours about about Kingston Newburgh. Um, so let's see. I'm trying to I'm trying to process in my brain kind of where we've where we've been, what we talked about a little bit. Um, so why don't to kind of break it up a little bit? Maybe it'll give us uh, another spinoff point and then of course if you have anything um we'll get to that too before we are going to talk a lot about your podcast as well but i do these things called speed set questions okay all right they're uh, they're just fun they're supposed to be like real short real quick kind of get to know the the person that's on the show uh usually i do them at the beginning but i think this will be a good like kind of break point for us in the middle then we'll get back on to uh we'll come back and talk about your your podcast so our speed set questions real fast real real quick um and then if it starts they always spin off they always wind up becoming longer than that but so the first one i'm going to ask you right and this one doesn't mean as much to us in new york but out here in michigan it's a huge thing go blue or go green oh yeah the wolverines yeah yeah, I, I want to see them be successful. I want to see them beat Ohio State. I, I like Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah, go blue. Go blue. blue. If you ever, um, if you ever come out here, we're gonna, we're we're about twenty minutes away uh, from Ann Arbor. I, so. I would love to go. I'd love to go to the big house for sure. Um, I, I got a I got a place for you to crash. Oh, I, I, okay. I appreciate that. Um, your favorite movie? Oh, well, listen. It, it, I, I, I like I like gangster movies and prison movies. Okay, so so all right, so like The Godfather, um, Goodfellas, Scarface, um, and then you know prison movies, um, Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, and uh, the last one is a classic for me. Uh, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I don't know if you if you know that movie, but yeah, those yeah those kind of movies I I, I can relate to. Yeah. The gangster movies and the prison movies. I know, I know Shawshank Redemption. Uh, oddly enough, I played college football with a guy named Anthony Dufresne. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that was a great movie, wasn't it? And you yeah, know what? It was. You know what? There was justice served at the end of that movie, which, which, I, which, which I appreciate in the movie ending. Yeah, it was. There was justice served, and he went through a lot. All right, your favorite TV show? You know what? Uh, probably, I don't watch a lot of TV. But 
Um, I do watch Fast Money and Mad Money. All right. So I, I you know, I, I, I started getting into some stock trading, some day mm -hmm. trading during this during this pandemic. Um, and, and then I'll watch like the ESPN highlights. Um, but I don't watch a lot of TV, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're making some money. All right. Now, uh, try, now this trying to. It's, it's a little bit down this week, knock on wood. Come on, we got to get it back going. Yeah, got to get it, get the stock market rolling up again and make some, make some oh, cash. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I think the only time I, I, have, I own stocks, because I, I obviously don't keep up with it enough to know what I'm doing. Right? And, I don't think um, any I, of us do, to be honest with you, but yeah. I bought I bought money I bought stock in in World Wrestling Entertainment because I was a fan I figured okay. I would buy stock in it because I support it, but I, I wound up selling it all. Oh gosh, oh gosh. Um, your number one hobby right now? Yeah, it's golf. It's golf. When when, when I stopped coaching, uh, when I when I when I stopped being the head coach, um, I, I since have coached. I actually I still coach, but um, golf. Yeah, I, I love the game. My body doesn't cooperate the way I want it to, but it's it 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 allows me to be competitive with myself. It challenges me, and I just enjoy being outside and practicing and playing. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of us that get into it. If, if you ever get a chance to go play golf with Quentin Johnson, you will spend more time laughing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, well, you know what? There, there, there's three kinds of golfers, you know, and, and, and the golfer who, who, you know, is he's got to have the best equipment. He, he you know, he's got to have the best clothes. He, he you know, he, he plays 100 percent by the rules. He never smiles. He, 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 he you know, he, he's the country club guy. Uh, you got that guy. Then you got, you know, the, the blue collar guy who, who's just like trying to learn how to play. And, you know, he, 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 he's not too crazy. And then you got the guy who it's an excuse to drink beer, you know? So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know, I'm somewhere between the, the, the second and the third guy. I'm not the first yeah. guy. Yeah. The, they're just going out and having fun, trying to do your best. Right. But at the same time, knowing that it's, Probably there's going to be those times when you you think oh, it's going to go perfect and it goes twenty. It's yards. the hardest game. It's the hardest game in the world. People people are in denial over that. They say you don't have to be an athlete. Um, I beg to differ. You need great hand-eye coordination. You need great rhythm. You need great timing. Uh, there's so many variables. So many parts of the game. Um, you know, unless you really the the more. The more you know about the game, the more you realize how difficult it is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So this next one, Coach, is a, is a, a heated thing out here in Michigan because I, I have to defend it fully. Uh, and it resorts around the topic of chicken wings. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Now, out here, right, a lot of these kids out here, they, they, they order wings a certain way. and I'm not going to say I fully agree with it, but before I tell you about that, you know, you tell me, how are you going to order your wings and what are you dipping them in? What? what? Okay. Yeah. So I, listen, I, this is probably boring, but my wings need to be crispy, not juicy, not wet, 
no flavor. And flavor. just give me some, some, some ranch or some blue cheese on the side, and I need celery with it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Plain, plain, no seasoning, crispy wings. That's it. And then you're, you're, going, you're going both ranch and blue cheese. You know what? It doesn't matter if it's white. I don't even know the difference. Just, <laughs> you know, I'll just dip it in something white. <laughs> yeah. The, I like to give the, hard, the kids a hard time out here because Michigan is very much a ranch state. Like everybody, like if you got to ask for blue cheese to come with your wings. Oh, I got you. In New York, it's flipped, as you know. Um, and they all want to order boneless. Oh, bone. Yeah, uh, that's a little bit. That's a little bougie. That's a little bougie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Buffalo-style chicken tenders. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's no good. That's out. That's soft. Yeah, that, that's that. soft. Agreed. Agreed. We're going to take a short break for a brief word from our sponsors. We'll be back with the rest of Coach Chatham's answers to the speed set questions and much more. You're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Hey, this is Coach Quentin Johnson, head football coach at Kingston High School, Kingston, New York, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Go Tigers! How about um, training, right? Obviously, we're a strength coach. You know, I still train. I'm competing powerlifting. When you are getting out and moving around, you know, obviously you say golf. Do you do any sort of other physical training? Yeah, you know what, uh, Chris? I'm at the stage in my life right now that, 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 I, that I've accepted my, my, my body. So, uh, so what I mean by that is, is, is when I was younger and not too long ago, I'd be stubborn, you know, in the sense of, okay, I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to do something every day. And then it became, you know, well, I can't recover. My joints are hurting. You know, I told you I, I got to get a new hip. Then it became every other day. And then I'm still trying to uh, save my joints, you know, my elbows, my shoulders, my knees. I've had some back issues from lifting over the years. Um, so now at age 61, what, 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 what I've morphed to is I work out three times a week. So that, that is, you know, I can, I can work out on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, you know, three times. Now, sometimes I'll be feeling good and I'll do it four times. Hardly, I hardly ever go back to back days. And so what I'm doing is I can't, I can't jog anymore. I've got too many issues with my hip and my back. So I still can ride a bicycle. So I ride my bicycle. Uh, a lot. Uh, I don't. I don't have issues with riding the bicycle. So that's my cardio. I I, I actually try to try to get my heart rate moving uh, in riding the bike. So it's not like a Sunday leisurely bike ride. Like I'm pushing myself. And then I'm using I'm using rubber bands. Um, and uh, I I have a combination of stretching of strength development uh, and, and of the cardio with the bike. And specifically, I'm using a program uh, by um, a Dr. Uh, a Dr. Uh, McGill, who wrote a book called The Back Mechanic. And a lot of it is uh, stretching, 
a lot, a lot of it is rubber bands. Um, a lot of it is, is really, you know, not bending at the waist. A lot of it is, is, is foundational on all fours or are on two feet on, on, on the ground. There's no pounding. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. Um, and then my activities, you know, I, I kayak, uh, I, I, I bike, I play golf and I hike. Um, so that, 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 those are kind of my activities, um, right now. So that's where I'm at at this stage in my life. Uh, I've done a lot of different things over the years. I have a lot of different beliefs, but, but that's where I'm at right now. I mean, yeah, yeah, but you have to, you have to be where you're at and what the, as we go through life, the goals kind of change. Absolutely. as what, what we're trying to do, right? Like, absolutely. You know, doing absolutely. those things that are going to increase the, your longevity and your quality of life are what the, what the goal is. Right. You're not, you're not competing in powerlifting or anything like that. So it's just what's going to help you feel the best you can be in life. Day exactly. Day. Exactly. And, 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 and in relation to, 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 you know, the, the different areas of, of, of strength development that I've been involved with as both a coach and a participant, um, what I will say, and, and even my own son, my son, Blaze, who's a, who's a doctor of physical therapy, and he is a strength and conditioning, certified strength and conditioning coach as well. He's in the United States Navy. Um, we talk a lot about, you know, the, the, the new school, the, the modern uh, beliefs in strength development. But going back to the old school, you know, the dinosaur stuff, you know, powerlifting, the squat, the bench, and the deadlift. Um, and it, it, and it, in my instruction of my high school football players, um, over the years, I've, I, I've really changed my beliefs in, in, in those things. And basically for safety in terms of making sure, you know, kids down the road are going to be okay. And just the three things that I'll just say out there is, you know, one in, in a squat, you know, we, we have this thing about, you know, how, how much mass we're using in the squat. Well, I learned at a young age that, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So in the squat, you cannot squat properly unless you're strong in your posterior chain and you're strong in your abs. So what happens is you get a lot of kids who are soft in their, in their, in their midsection and they can't get out of it properly. Mm-hmm. And so we make the mistake as strength coaches, and I'm preaching to the choir here, you, you know, but we make the mistake mm-hmm. and, and we see kids trying to save face in the weight room to stay up with, you know, their buddies so they're not embarrassed. And they get hurt because they're not strong enough in their core to get out of the, you know, to get out of their butt, to get out of, you know, they drop into the bucket, they try to bounce out of it. Some kids have an advantage because anatomically they, they have, you know, uh, huge glutes, huge hams, and they, they, they can, can almost be ballistic and bounce off their calves. Mm-hmm. But so to me, the squat is, you know, you need to be strong enough in the core. Let's learn how to squat by, you know, by keeping our knees behind our toes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think kids get into bad habits because they're, 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 they're enamored with the number 
uh, you know, the bench. And we want to make sure that, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're not, you know, balancing that weight off our chest and we're not getting elbow injuries. You know, we're not getting wrist injuries. You know, I, I saw I, I saw a guy in, in the prison when I was coaching that, that it almost broke his neck mm -hmm. uh, because, because because he was using a false grip instead of an interlock grip. And, and he was bouncing the thing off his chest and, and the bar actually just flew flew out of his hands and came down, almost broke his neck. And so I'm a big, you know, I'm, I'm a big uh, believer and, and I'm paranoid about safety. And then the deadlift, that's how I actually got hurt when I was participating and coaching in the prison. Um, you know, I, I was using a sumo technique in the deadlift and, and, and basically, you know, the mistake of, of, of locking out before you have the bar on your thigh. So, you, so you're locking out with the bar, you know, down below your knees. And you're trying to get that extra, but your your rhythm is off, and that's how I originally hurt my back. So, kind of you know, basically what I'm saying is, you know, we in football. My belief in football is, I and over the years I've changed, but I'm really not crazy about those three lifts, especially being heavy with those lifts in a weight room setting where you've got 50 or 60 kids and, and one or two coaches policing it. Mm -hmm. um, so we've done all kinds of things at Newburgh in, in, in our strength development, but, 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 but our program was, was, was one third strength development, one third speed development and one third skill development. And we didn't go crazy. I mean, believe me, we worked in a weight room, but, but we didn't put all our eggs in that weight room and how much you can lift. We wanted to be flexible. Mm -hmm. We wanted to be quick. And we wanted to to to, to have uh, you know people who who had good skills as well. Absolutely, uh, I I think one of the things that that gets lost on on people sometimes, and I've taken this philosophy, and I forget who I, I heard say it. It might have been Louis Simmons, because um, we're big here, here. We're big, you know, conjugate system. You know, we do squat, bench, deadlift, and and all that stuff, and we do it heavy. But with us, right, the, the weight room is general physical preparedness. We are preparing the body to go out onto the field on whatever sport it is and execute sport-specific skill. So what we do, we use the, the squat, the bench, and the deadlift as tools, but we use things to make it where it's safer. Uh, we, we box squat. 99% of the time, the only people that free squat in our gym are powerlifters because that's their sport. Mm -hmm. um, we use different types of bars to prevent the wear and tear. Uh, like our, our kids, since we've been back in the weight room, our kids have not touched a straight bar in anything. They've squatted with a safety squat bar, uh, which doesn't tear up their shoulders, or a buffalo bar, which has a, a curve in it to fit. Um, deadlifts we use them we use them a lot ballistically so like speed pulls so it's not so heavy that it pulls us forward but you're right we have to do things and we will take those and we'll increase the areas that we need to using those different tools but not never to the point where we're putting ourselves in a bad position right you know right. the kids the kids are been you know we we train them where if you start to, you know, if technique breaks down on a heavy set, that's your last rep. Right. Your hand, spotters get the hands on, have them finish and rack it. That that's that's where we're at. Right. 
you know, and it, it is you're like, you, you know, I had a kid the other day and I, I had to get on him that because his buddy did more weight. He completely changed the movement where right. we're doing a, a, a wide stance, um, you know, concentric squat. So, you know, the, the, it was football guys. So the, they're in the playoffs, right? So we're still training. We're training our two days a week. You know, we have one heavy day, one speed day, and this was a, a, a max effort or a heavy day. So the movement that we give them is just a concentric squat. So they literally, they get set under the bar and they stand up. All right. So there's no eccentric loading, which makes them sore. All right. They can get the maximal effort strain that we want and then set the bar back down on the pins and we're good. Well, my man, because his buddy was doing it correctly and did four plates uh, and he's looking like he's only done three. My man cheats his feet in, puts his hands on his thighs uh, and <laughs> pushes the bar up. I'm like, stop. Yeah. Stop. And uh, thankfully, you know, our, our kids are, are pretty good uh, because we've hammered it into their heads, but some of them, I just, I just don't program certain movements that I know that they're going to do dumb things. Right. Yeah. And I've just learned over, over the time that that's, I, I'm not on program straight bar, straight weight deadlifts anymore, yeah. unless they're a power lifter. Because exactly what you said, they'll be looking around or they'll be like trying to, trying to break their previous best. If we do a heavy deadlift now, they're standing on something or there's bands attached to the bar or chains attached to the bar to, to distort their perception of what the weight is. We'll do that with, with everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've come full circle on that over the years, to be honest with you, Chris, uh, to me, you know, to me, the, a, a, a plan and a program is only as good as your ability to execute it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I talk to coaches, you know, okay, what are you using? I'm using BF Bigger, Faster, Stronger. I'm using this program. I'm using that program. In the, back in the day, we used to use the West Point method, mm -hmm. which, was, which was basically a lot of that was endurance. A lot of that was, was, was one set. Uh, type type of uh mentality uh you know uh with a minimum and a maximum amount of reps if you if you could get 20 reps then the weight was too light if you could get if you if you can't get 30 the weight's too heavy that that, that was a mentality but my, my point is what i've learned is a your the facility that you have okay how, how many squat stations do you have how many how many kids do you have how many coaches do you have? Um, you know, how much time do you have? Um, and what I, what I found is I, I, over the years, I've had to morph the program into what was realistic. You know, I, I, you know, this may sound messed up, but I found I couldn't trust the kids to, to, to put the, the weight on the bar that, that, you know, was the percentage that we wanted on the bar. It just, it took too long. We couldn't figure it out. Um, you know, we, it, it, it didn't work. It, yeah. it, it didn't flow. And so I, I got to the point where scientifically it may not have been the best program, but for us, I was able to gauge and analyze and evaluate what they were doing. And to me, that's the hardest part of a football strength and conditioning program a your facility b can you coach it mm -hmm. you know 
how much time do you have? And you know, do you trust that the kids are going to be honest and do it properly? Mm-hmm. You know, because you can't you can't coach fifty kids at the same time. Like you yeah. said, they're looking around, mm-hmm. and so that, that that's where I'm at. And and I haven't been able to figure it out. Um, to be honest with you. Yeah, it, it's it's a challenge, and and you know we're doing we're doing some some things that might be out of the box here, um, and we still have our issues. We still have the, the where the kids do that, like the kid I just told you the story about. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully for us, a majority of our kids we've been able to trust, which right. which is what allows us to do the things that we do. If yeah. I was in a different like, and I've been in, I mean, many different places, and. What I do here with this population of kids that I have, I probably would not be able to do other places, right? Because yeah. these these kids are, are pretty good at following. Now they still they're still I got them going too light on accessory work or things like that. But you know we're trying to find ways to to get to them and you know like we talked about before, build the relationship with them that they're gonna do the things that we ask them to do. Because we have that connection, and they don't want to let they don't want to let us down. Yeah, they, and, and, and last thing I'll say is, I what I would be torn about is is because you want to coach all the kids, but what happens is sometimes what I found, and I think sometimes we as coaches, so we 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 look at the veteran kids, and we expect them. Okay, you know what you're doing, let's get it done. And we, and then we 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 kind of focus more on the younger kids, but then sometimes we 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 look and realize that that we need to be coaching those, you know, kids that you're going to be counting on to play that year. We need to be coaching them up and motivating them and making sure that they're challenging themselves too. And sometimes we kind of leave them be, mm-hmm. and we're coaching the younger kids. So. I, 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 to me, I was trying to always figure out that balance, you yep. know, of coaching up the kids that are going to be on the field th- that year for me. Yeah. Uh, it's a challenge. I run into it. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to get to them all. Yep. Exactly. One, one tactic that I, I've taken is trying to get them, um, encouraging them to hold each other account hold each other to my standard that they've been taught right so then i'm floating but it, you know it's still it still is a, an imperfect science it still doesn't yeah. always yeah. always happen the way I, the way we wanted to but we're we're making some making some progress and, and getting some things done but I, I agree with you a lot of the challenges that you brought up you know i think we all face it and any of us to step in the weight room with kids and trying to keep them safe and get them to be as strong and perform as well as they can all right, folks, uh, Coach, so we'll, we'll start to round this, round these speed set questions down, and then I want to talk about your current coaching. And I want to talk about your podcast. Um, so you're, we already talked about wings, but what is your favorite food? Oh, man. I, okay, so I, I, I'm engaged to, to, uh, to a young lady who's from San Juan, Puerto Rico, born in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So mm-hmm. the last five years – I've definitely developed a love for uh, for Latin food. Uh, you know, rice and beans, uh, pork chops, uh, fried pork chops, which probably aren't the best for you. Um, 
you know, all, all kinds of Spanish food, uh, Latin food, whatever, however, whatever you want to say. Um, and then always Italian, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I've always, I've been, I've been brought up, you know, in an Italian household, you know, my name is Chatham, but, but my, my mother's Visconti and, uh, it was always, always pasta, you know, and, uh, so between the pastas, you know, and the meatballs and the lasagnas and the, um, you know, the red wine and then the, um, you know, the Latin food, um, it, it, you know, that's all I need. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I grew up in an Italian house, too, so I know I know that side of it, side of it well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Last one for you um, is uh, kind of your your favorite music uh, music genre that, you know, kind of fires you up. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's interesting. That's an interesting I saw that question. So for me, you know, I wear my headphones and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a Bruce Springsteen guy. Uh, I don't know if you're too young, but, but I'm a Bruce Springsteen guy. Um, another boss. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that's kind of, that's kind of my, my genre, you know, rock and roll. But I also listen to some contemporary Christian music. Um, you know, back in the day in the weight room, you know, we, we had a thing where, you know, guys, you know, you know, Johnny Jones, you got the music this week. And so, you know, it'd be a big thing, you know, all the buddies, oh, come on, let's play, let's get this, let's get this. But we had a rule, we had a rule. There was no N-word or F-word music. So if, if, somehow that got put on oh coach we bleeped it and but if i believed if i believed i imagined or heard that word then that music was gone but you know to each his own you know um my son's a big uh, uh, uh country music kid i don't know where he got that from but uh you know whatever you get excited about we used to put on you know uh eye of the tiger you know uh uh, we are the champions and, you know, those, t- they may be corny now, maybe a little whack. I know now that there's a, there's a lot of the, uh, heavy metal stuff out there. And, but for me, if I, you know, gun to my head, um, you know, born to run, born to run for Bruce Springsteen was actually, to be honest with you, you know, if our game plan was, we're going to run the ball down your throat today. So we're going to play the Kingston Tigers. And we believe we're just hard up front and you're soft up front. We're going to, we're going to smash you tonight. And I would play that song before the game. So if you ever heard that song before the game, a Newburgh game, born to run, Mm -hmm. that means we're going to smash Matthew. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Quentin and I were talking about too. uh, He, he was on a, uh, previous episode, I think the way they'll they'll play out. Quentin will be on one week, and then you're going to be on the week after him. Okay. Um, but we talked about on on that episode how we used to get all upset anytime we went to a place, especially Newburgh, and they played "Eye of the Tiger" in the stadium because we felt like that was our song. Right. Was, nobody right. can play our song. How dare! How dare <laughs> they play our song? Oh my gosh! That's our song. You hear it? Hear. It? Newberg playing I the Tiger, they're playing our song. Oh and, I, and I want to say Coach Lockwood might have even encouraged us on, on that one. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. There was a method to his madness. <laughs> so Bruce Springsteen, born to run. Now we have a we have a, a 
segment on the show each week where we have our weight room song of the week. So whoever's our guest on the show gets to pick the song and I put it on a Spotify playlist and I play a little bit of it at the end of the episode. So would you say that Born to Run is your yeah. weight room song of the week selection? Yeah, Born to Run. Yeah, anything by Bruce, but Born to Run, you know, Born in the USA. But yeah, yeah, I would say that. You play that. Okay, so we'll put that on as Coach Chatham's choice for this week's Weight Room Song of the Week. Remember, folks, you can find our Weight Room Song of the, of the Week playlist on Spotify. Uh, you can find a link to it in the show notes or just go to Spotify and search Iron Dread Podcast Weight Room Song of the Week. And you'll find Coach the Song, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen and all our previous guest selections for the Weight Room Song of the Week song. All right, Coach. So uh, two more orders of business from, from me. Um, first one is you said you're coaching currently. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah. So, okay. So this, this season, I was scheduled. I was, I was supposed to actually go back to Newburgh and help out with Coach Bianco and, and, and Coach Lazarski and, and those guys over there. Um, but as you know, we're on hold. Um, and before this past season, uh, over the last, um, uh, five, six, seven years, I would say, uh, when, when I stopped coaching in Newburgh, I resigned on April 20th, 2009. Uh, I took a little time off. I was still teaching in Newburgh, but I was going down to Cornwall and I was helping out a friend of mine, Marcus Hughes. Coach Hughes was at Cornwall probably. I would say maybe seven, eight years. Anyway, I started helping him in in the fall of 2011, 2012, 2013. And he has since uh, actually in, 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 the, uh, in the summer of 2014, he, he left Cornwall and he went out to, to teach and coach in Diamond Bar at Diamond Bar High School out near L.A., and since he has moved up to um, up to uh, uh, Bar Harbor in the state of Washington, where he's the head football coach there. But anyway, he became a good friend of mine, and I, and I was helping out uh, Cornwall. And I, and I actually thought I was going to become the head coach at Cornwall in, in the fall of 2014. I retired from Newburgh that June. Marcus had left, and I applied for the job. And... Um, make a long story short that they were looking for uh, someone who was going to be a teacher in the district. And uh, I, I uh, was not looking to continue to teach. I retired from teaching. And um, so then actually uh, I, I decided to move out to Warwick and I started helping out a good buddy of mine, Greg Sirico at Warwick high school. And uh, I coached, I coached at Warwick in the fall of, of uh, 14, the fall of 15 in the fall of 16, uh, in fall of 17, I, I traveled. I did some different things. Um, I was also involved in coaching with the Collegiate Development Football League. Uh, uh, you may be familiar with it. Um, that was we, we traveled uh, to uh, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We had all-star games in December, Division I AA, Division II, Division III, NAIA, and then the Euro-American all-star game. Uh, we, we traveled over Europe with that organization and, and played the European All-Stars in which your head coach, uh, Tom Logan, traveled with us. He was, he was coaching the uh, defensive line. I, I was coaching the, uh, the offense. 
Um, and then uh, back in 2018, I went back and coached uh, and, and helped out at, at, um, at Warwick High School. So I, I have been helping out. It's an interesting perspective coaching at some of these other places. Um, but I haven't really had the, 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 uh, the desire or the interest to become a head coach again. Um, I just have too many other things I'm doing, and, and, and it's an immense responsibility, as you know. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure where I'm going to be. Uh, if, if, if they play football in New York in the spring, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it because uh, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm feeling football in the spring in the sense of uh, I'm not sure if it's going to happen, number one. Uh, number two, it, it, it seems kind of awkward for me. We'll see what happens. And uh, I, I usually go down south a lot of times. So I, I, I'll be going, you know, I go down to Florida a lot of times or Arizona. So I, I leave January 1st and I come back in April. So I'm not sure if I'm going to be participating in the spring football. I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, you got a, you got a ton of experience. You've been all over the place and, and any staff that uh, could get you to come help would be, would be lucky to have you. So. I appreciate you saying that coach. I, I actually sometimes wake up thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll go help Quentin in Kingston. And then, then I say, well, I don't know how well that'd go over in Newburgh. <laughs> I I know for a fact that if you said that you'd come and help Quentin, he would gladly gladly welcome you. You know, I love I, I love Quentin. I love Quentin, and and um, I don't know if he told you the story, but but I was uh, I, I one day I was my, my uh, fiance and I were traveling, and and uh, we were headed upstate, and and I said, let's stop at Kingston. I want to show you Deet Stadium. This is. This is the site of many, many big games, you know, against Kingston and, and in the section playoffs and the state tournament. And um, I want you to see what this is all about. And she's, you know, she doesn't know, you know, she doesn't know the difference between Kingston and then, you know, and so we're walking around and, and, and Kingston's practicing. It's, it's, it, they just started practice, it's a summer practice. And uh, big Matt Ursioli, big Oaf is there. And uh, Quentin is there. And, um, and Quentin is like, Quentin, I say, Hey, Quentin, how you doing? He comes over, he gives me a hug. He goes, uh, coach, how you doing? Uh, you, will you talk to the kids? You know, he wanted me to talk to the Kingston kids. And, uh, and, and, and I always, I always thought that, 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 that stadium was exciting. You know, like I always thought, like, what's it like to be, you know, to, to coach in Kingston, you know? But then I said, you know what, that that would be like me going to Monroe Woodbury and trying to coach, you know, coaching at Kingston, you know, like, I, I don't know if I could ever do that, you know. Yeah, it's it, it would it would be weird. It would be, you know, if I had to sit back for a minute and think what it'd be like to go coach in Newburgh, it, it, you know, because when you're so in into it and especially for as many years as, as you've been involved in it, like it it would be it would be weird. But now let me ask you a question. We had a transfer kid from from, from Kingston who's actually a, a, a good kid who's who's uh, one of our youth football coaches. His name is his name is Bucky Hoffman. Do you know Bucky? The name doesn't ring a bell. No, no. He, he transferred from Kingston. It may have been it may have been 
probably before your time. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I have a hard time keeping, keeping the, the, you know, the years intact, but yeah, we have a Kingston kid who's in Newburgh now and it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. You know, he's so, now a go back. I bust wow. his chops all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that, uh, that guy, I mean, if he's there now, he may have been in elementary school when I was, when I was still in town. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll have to ask him. I have to ask, actually, you know what I think, Chris, I think he's older than you now. Now that older I'm, than me? I think he's older okay. than you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he might be a, a little older than me. All right, coach. Um, so moving on to, to my, my last thing, uh, that I really have to kind of bring up and then the floor would be yours. If you want to bring up any, any more topics for us to talk about it is your podcast. Your, your, are you ready podcast? I'm going to tell you, I've, I've listened to all the episodes twice um, with the, with the current way things are now with, with online teaching and, and whatnot. And I get up in the morning, I, I pop my headphones in and I'm, I'm listening to your show, you know, over the last couple of weeks. And, it, you know, it really got me excited, uh, got me, um, you know, reminiscing about, you know, my time in Kingston and, and, you know, the Kingston Newburgh rivalry and what you, what you did and when the stories you tell about, you know, turning the program around and all the different things. And, you know, I just, I find myself making little notes when you say stuff and I'm really enjoying it, but how, how did you get that started? Yeah. So, you know, th this, this pandemic has really uh, wrecked havoc with, you know, a lot of people, obviously. Uh, and for me, I, I had to come to grips with it back in March where, you know, it was surreal it, it, for me because I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what is this? Like, what's going to happen here? Like, I, and so I was becoming like, like anxious because I can't sit still. Like to me, I look at life like, okay, I only have so much time. You know, I'll sleep forever when, when, when my time is up. I got to keep moving. So I get up early. I, I try to get things done. And, and so what I was seeing was everything was shutting down. You know, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to have spring football. You know, we're not going to, you know, we can't go to the ball game. You know, they, they closed the golf courses down initially. You know, they can't go to church. What is going on? So. I decided that, you know what, I'm having all these memories of what was, why don't I find a way to give something back? And um, in conjunction with, I was listening to a podcast um, of my son's girlfriend who uh, has a podcast. I started listening to it while I was driving from um, Virginia Beach, Virginia, where my son lives. He's in the Navy in Norfolk, Virginia. I was driving from Virginia Beach back to Newburgh. Um, and I was listening to her podcast. And it was like, it was soothing to me. It, it, it helped me to relax. It, 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 you know, I had listened to podcasts before, but, but, I listened to every one of her podcasts and it was like, a, like a book and each, each episode was a chapter and it flowed. 
And I said to myself, you know what? I think maybe I can start a podcast and I can reminisce about some things to, to kind of give back to people who are missing football. So, so let me kind of chronicle some memories and kind of let people think about football on Fridays, game days, and get people thinking about football and reminiscing. And I'm going to have 11 episodes. 11 is one. 11 football Fridays. That's kind of a season. So that, that's kind of the motivation that, that, that okay, we're, we're, we're going to play Kingston tonight. And, um, you know, this is what the rivalry is. And, and just kind of getting people to remember the, 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 the times that, that we cherished and, and appreciating what we're missing. Because to me, this, this period of time has, has, has caused us to have a lot of thoughts and memories. And, and so that, that was my motivation for the podcast. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, it accomplished exactly what you wanted it to with me, right? Like, I mean, I mean and we're going, but just re- making me remember those nights, remember those Saturday afternoons right? vividly. Um, and it wasn't as much my time as a coach. Like, it was, it was my time playing. And then for me, it was so cool to hear a lot of the similarities between you and Coach Lachlan and, and my experience playing for him and what you did with your guys and your traditions and all those things. It was it's really cool. And I encourage anybody that's a fan of this podcast to go and listen to Coach Chatham's show. And I will put a link to his podcast on um, in the show notes so you can find it right here. Um, in the show notes for this show to go listen to coaches uh, episodes. So right now, as we record this, you're on episode seven. This week is going to be number eight. Correct. Yes. Of 11 and we keep moving. And um, any, any plans to do, to do more episodes after you, the 11? You know, you know what, Chris, I'm actually trying to figure out how I'm going to get a episode 11 in. Now I know I can record it early, which you know, I, I, I do a little bit, but um, I, I try not to post it. I don't post it till game day. Mm-hmm. And so my surgery is on Thursday, November 19th. So my last episode is scheduled for Friday, November 20th. So I'm actually trying to figure out, you know, I, I, I feel like there's a beginning and an end to everything. You know, mm-hmm. there's a shelf life on everything. I feel like the excitement of this my podcast is the fact that, yeah, there's going to be 11 episodes, and I want to get in, you know, as much as I can in those 11 episodes, and then that's it. You know, it's somebody else's turn, um, and it's going to be there. You know, it's going to always be there. It's going to be chronicled forever. But, uh, yeah, uh, then I'll move on to another project. For me, at my age – I try to check things off. Okay. What's next, you know? And so this was something that I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about and doing. I just one day said, you know what, let me try to do a podcast. And, um, and when that's over episode 11, uh, then I'll just move on to something else. I mean, uh, and like you said, they'll always be there. Right. 
Right. Uh, they'll always be there. And, and guys can go back and listen to it as many times as you want. Go back, you know, you listen to it this season. And then, you know, the start when you're getting in your preparations for next year, you go back and listen to it again. Uh, Cause there's so much good stuff in there that I think you're always going to just pull more things out of it. Like from when I listened, you know, from the, the first time around the second time around, I'm just pulling stuff. I got a little scratch pad making notes, you know, and like some of your, some of your quotes and things. Um, one of the one that I, I, uh, you know, wrote down that you said, you know, um, like a dog returns to its vomit. So does a fool to his folly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I mean, isn't that, isn't that what we fight in life in terms of, you know, uh, the constant battle of, you know, do we choose discipline or do we choose regret? You know, kind of almost every decision that we make, whether it's spontaneous or whether it's thought out through analysis, you know, and sometimes we don't have the ability, you know, we don't have time. Sometimes we're forced to make decisions. You as a teacher and a coach, you're making decisions constantly. Sometimes we make decisions without the proper, you know, analysis and then we end up regretting um sometimes we make decisions and the fact that we choose discipline and we and and then we look back on it we're grateful that we chose to be disciplined um so yeah that that quote to me um you know if, if we keep making the same mistakes because of our habits because that that's what habits are you know, um, we, 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 we get into good and bad habits. We get into rhythm. We get into, into a flow of life. And then, you know, we get stuck in these ruts where we make bad mistakes and we continue to return to our vomit. Um, we're fools. And as human beings, you know, we're, we're wired to, to, to sometimes make these decisions, but I'm a big believer in learning from my mistakes and trying to not develop bad habits. Absolutely. You got to learn from your mistakes. Your habits are your day-to-day choices. Um, and if you make the same choice, that is the incorrect one, you know, that, that you are a fool for continuing to make that and, and not trying to change it. So that, that's, uh, that's one reason why I really like that one and wrote that one down. But all right, Coach, well, I, I know we're getting close to our time. Um, is there anything else you'd like to bring up on, on the show? I would commend you. I want to I thank you. I want to commend you because you are the future. You young guys, you young coaches, uh, the, torch has been, uh, the torch has been passed to you. Um, you know, in just listening to you, uh, and I've listened to some of your of your podcasts, and it's an outstanding um, contribution to 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 the folks out there. And not only coaching and strength and conditioning, and, and just in life in general, uh, you keep it real. Um, just thank you for what you're doing because you know you, you have a lot on your plate. You're teaching, you're coaching. Um, you know you have a family, um, and. and uh, Keep it going because 
the the more you the more you uh, dive into and 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 try to make your profession, um, you know, more positive, better, uh, staying active, uh, especially during this time. It, it it's a difficult time, and uh, I just want to thank you for for connecting. I mean, who would have thought this? You know, um, one of the things that my podcast has done it, it's. It, it, it's given me the opportunity to connect with people I never thought I would have. I've gotten so many um, um, contacts from people I haven't heard from, people I don't know. I, I you know, I, from you, and uh, you know, I'm just appreciative. And you know, we're all in this together. And th this fraternity of coaches, we need to stay together and work together and share. Absolutely, appreciate that, coach. Okay, so the the final thing, do you have any uh, professional or public social media uh, things that our listeners could follow you and keep up with you uh, that you would share? Um, to, to be honest with you, um, I'm not a big social media person, but, you know, besides the podcast, you know, that, that's out on Anchor and, and Spotify and all the, the, the platforms that, that it's out on. Um, you know, I'm on Facebook, uh, CT Chatham, uh, uh, you know, Instagram. I don't do a lot of it. My kids send pictures to me. Um, you know, the Twitter thing, uh, somehow I got on there somehow. I don't even remember, but I really don't have a lot of followers. But I'm just basically a simple guy, um, not a big you know, social media person, but yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. if you ever wanted to get in contact with me, you know, you certainly could through, through, you know, through the, through the Facebook, through the Instagram, CT Chatham, you know, um, you know, you could, you could okay. email me that type of thing. Um, you know, my email is, is, uh, is it okay to give that, that email out, Chris, if you wanted to email me? Yeah, it, it, that's completely up to you. If you wanna, if you wanna give your email, yeah. And if, if somebody wanted, if somebody wanted to email me, it's dragon d r a g o n defense d e f e n s e the number one at gmail dot com dragon defense one at gmail dot com. That email was was um, was was started when I was coaching the, uh, the defense at Cornwall back in 2011. Mm -hmm. So that was dragon defense. So people wonder what the heck is that? It's, it's not some sort of like uh, a video game or some sort of weird thing. That's the, the Cornwall dragons. That's what that, yeah. that's from. And the Cornwall, Cornwall dragons. All right, coach. Perfect. Perfect. So I uh, thank you very much for taking the time to be on the show. Uh, best of luck with your, your surgery coming up and your travels. And hopefully uh, we'll get to talk to you again soon. Chris, it's been a pleasure. And, and, and you be well. Stay safe. God bless you and your family. And good luck in the playoffs to Dexter. All right. Thank you, sir. Go, okay. go Tigers. Hey, go Goldbacks. Be Kingston. Thanks again to Coach Chatham for stopping in and giving us his time. Again, I really enjoyed talking with him and catching up with him and learning more about him, and I hope you did too. We're going to pause for a quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll be back.
with Coach Chatham's pick for this week's Weight Room Song of the Week. The Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you in part by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction, available for all your DJ and line dance needs. Please visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking information. So crank it up! This is Tom Fassel from Marlboro Track and Field, and you are listening to the Iron Dread Podcast with the amazing Chris Whitaker. This week's Weight Room Song of the Week presented, as always, by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. This week's Weight Room Song of the Week song, chosen by our guest, Coach C.T. Chatham, is Born to Run by the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Crank it up. There you have it, folks. Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen, Coach Chatham's pick for this week's Weight Room Song of the Week. Remember, you can find that song and every song that's on our Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. Just go to Spotify and search Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week, and you can follow the playlist and keep up with it as more and more songs get added. The music that's being picked is great. I love it all. I listen to it from time to time. When I'm training, we play it in the weight room every now and then here at Dexter High School. So go and follow that playlist and enjoy all these songs that our guests have picked in their entirety. You also can find a link to the Spotify playlist in our show notes. Well, folks, that's really all I have for you today. Thanks again to Coach Chatham for stopping in. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember, if you did, please give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform. If you're an Apple user, give us a rating and review. And please share the episodes with your friends on social media. If you tag the podcast handle at Iron Dread Pod uh, on social media when you share it, I will give you a shout out on next week's show because we appreciate you sharing our podcast and getting our podcast out there to new listeners. 
But until then, remember, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Around here, we're becoming dread stronger. I'm Chris Whitaker, signing off.